Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast. This is episode number 37 of the Global Geek News Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Bray, alongside my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Things are going great. Things are awesome, actually. Oh, that's good. How are things going at work? Settle down any? Uh, yes, we've uh, pretty much completed all our releases. Uh, if you've been looking at the website and see the vision launch and the new branding campaign, that's all done, so I'm happy that that's behind me. Yeah, I haven't actually gone to the site to check it out, but I've seen it come across in several from several of the sites in my Google Reader. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, so that's the fruit of my labor. So you've seen uh, all the work that's been leading up to that moment. Um, also, this past weekend was Twestival. Uh, and I was the lead organizer here in Austin, so that's that happened yesterday, and that's behind me. So a lot off my plate, so things are, are easing up quite a bit. How did that turn out? It was pretty good. Um, it was still very last minute, but uh, we had a pretty good turnout. We had um, some some great entertainment. A lot of people had fun. Uh, we raised uh, $1,675 for uh, the local charity, which is Mobile Loaves and Fishes. Uh, we had some uh, face painters. We had dueling massage tables. We had uh, break dancers. Uh, we had an auction. We had some door prizes, t-shirts, live streaming. It was all pretty fun. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think the closest one here was in Denver, and I didn't drive up there to go see it. Instead, yesterday I went and saw... Uh, now I can't even think of the movie I went and saw yesterday. Oh, Whiteout, the new Kate Beckinsale uh, movie. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Is it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm very surprised that you're saying that. Yeah, well, I'm a Kate Beckinsale fan anyway, so take that for what it's worth. Okay, I, but, I, I, I'll take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I liked it, and then I watched the MTV VMAs last night to see just how far they've gone down the tubes in the past few years. But now, was that time delayed, or was it really live? I, there must have been the traditional six-second delay, seven-second delay, whatever it was, because they bleeped out a lot of stuff, but otherwise I think it was live. Okay, so it wasn't pre-taped or anything. Yeah, I think on the West Coast it was um, taped, but on everywhere else it was live. Okay. But... Yeah, that's gone downhill quite a ways. But there was supposed to be a tweet up here in town on, I guess it was Saturday, but I didn't get to go to it because I ended up going on a, taking a train through the Royal Gorge, which wasn't worth it. But I'm told there were only like four or five people that actually showed up to the local tweet up from what I hear. So I'm hoping they'll have another one where I can actually make it, because I know of several people that were planning on going that didn't get to make it, including the event organizer. Oh. I went to a tweet-up back in... uh, I guess it was... It just feels like a lifetime ago, but it was January at CES. Uh, It was in uh, the... around the HP um, uh, booth, and the organizer couldn't make it to that, but it was a pretty... Good tweet up. Uh, met, that's where I met Raul Sood mm. um, for the first time. But uh, it was funny how the organizer couldn't make it to that, and he actually lives in in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it seemed like the organizer for this one got caught up in Colorado Springs or something for whatever reason as to where he couldn't make it. But yeah, I was planning on going until I got dragged along to this train ride murder mystery dinner thing. 
that was not worth the hundred and ten dollars per person that we paid for it. But oh wow, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been so bad except it was pretty much at night. So going through the canyon at night, you couldn't see much of anything. Yeah, and when yeah. you don't really have a view, and that's a nice view, it's kind of not worth it. That and the food wasn't real wonderful anyway. Okay. Well, I'm not going to point out that the money that you could have saved, you could have bought a Zoom tomorrow. Yeah. But that, that, I won't point that out. Luckily, it wasn't me who paid for that, so I'll, okay. I still have plenty of money to go pick up a Zoom tomorrow, which I'm still debating on. I'm going to go check it out one way or the other, but I, I can't decide if I want to get one. I want to get one just because the audio quality on the iPod Touch compared to even the normal Zoom sucks. So I'm thinking maybe the Zoom HD will be better, even better. So that, that's kind of my main reason for wanting to go check it out more than anything. And where are you going to go? Like um, Best Buy or what? That That's probably where I'll go is Best Buy. I mean, I might end up going to Walmart, but it'll probably be Best Buy because we just don't have that many electronics electronic retailers around here anymore since Circuit City closed up. I was going to see about trying to go to Costco and see if they might have a unit, but I'm guessing they won't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's just see if uh, let's see if Best Buy has it. But like, this is, I just hate going to big box retailers and fighting people. Yeah, so do I. I hear a lot of people that uh, ordered it off of Amazon got theirs today, but the Zoom store has been down all day, so it kind of does them no good to get it a day or, uh, day early. Yeah, still kills me that there's no Bluetooth on it. Yeah, Bluetooth has never really mattered to me. I, I have it on my cell phone, almost never use it. As to where the headset I use for my cell phone, I mainly use with my PS3 more than anything. Yeah, I, I need the AD2P, um, or A2DP. Um, at my desk, I just hate having to worry about wires. Because I work like on... Like on my desk, I have at least four computers, so I'm always going from one end to the other end to the other end, and I don't have to worry about you know carrying something or because I I like to have it charged up on my desk, so I leave it plugged in, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have to worry about a cord to my headset to something that's on my desk and it pulling it, falling on the floor, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of in cable hell here. I've got two computers going. I on my desk, I've got two computers, my my HP Media Spartan home server, my printer, a PS3, an Xbox, my TV, um, the chargers for the controllers for the Xbox. I've got several wireless mice. I mean, if you look under my desk, it, I don't think it's that's a maze of wires you can never get out of. Yeah, well, I, I guess my 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 big issue is. I don't mind wired at home. Mm-hmm. At home, it's a controlled environment. At work, I'm constantly being pulled in so many different places, and it's not like I can say, hold on, let me make sure I get everything corrected, and now let me leave my desk and make sure I don't drop anything. Uh, I'm constantly running around. Uh, so I I need to be mobile, and uh, wireless just works out best. Yeah. Well, getting into our first story, with that wireless, yes. do you ever do any sexting? Uh, actually, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, story comes out of Vermont. Apparently, an 18-year-old 
pleaded guilty on Thursday to some reduced charges in the in Vermont's first sexting case and is now going to be spending 90 days in jail, although he was supposed to get two years, but since he pleaded guilty to lesser charges, it's down to 90 days. Well, actually, uh, at the very end of the story, it says, under the plea, the sexual assault charges were down- downgraded and uh, he got five years deferred sentence on the lewd and lavicious count. So, um, so for so he won't sell have any jail time unless he violates probation. So it's ninety days for now, but it could be a lot longer if he doesn't, um, you know, fly straight for the next five years. Yeah, oh, it seems kind of long for something like this case. I mean, supposedly he directed two teenage girls to videotape or photograph themselves performing various sexual acts and send him the results, and seems kind of harsh for something like that although i suppose if any if it you could say that there's a good part of this story is that they basically charged him as a minor so he is so this won't um make him a sex offender or anything like that yeah that's good for him uh i wonder if this has damaged the two young ladies in any way and i hope they have learned their lessons as well as he has yeah, well, I don't. I can't imagine it being too damaging to him unless they had an idea for a political career. It, well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if he distributed it or anything, but I'm guessing he had to, and as and else for the law to find out that you know, he was involved. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I hear of cases all the time of schools just searching people's cell phones. Yeah, true. I actually had a but story. But they this this got sent to him, so yeah. Uh, Eh, whatever. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I, either way, uh, this should be... I think this is one of those harsh cases where they want it to be... He's made an example, and he's put up the people don't do this anymore. But, you know, as we said so many times on this podcast, you can't legislate stupid. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that probably aren't too smart, do you think <laughs> that you should be registering domain names that are that can be considered defamation? Absolutely. How else are they <laughs> going to get popular? <laughs> hey, that works for me. Hey, look at Twitter, huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could be taking that so many different ways. But anyway, but uh, yeah, so this domain, uh, which is called Glenn Beck Raped and Murdered a Young Girl in 1990.com, which is a fairly long uh, domain name, but easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the, the just having that domain name, uh, Glenn Beck and his lawyers are trying to find out who this anonymous uh, owner is of this domain and and, uh, and get more information, I think, to sue him and to sue him for defamation, to be more specific. I'm kind of curious to know how him and the lawyers found out about this so fast. I mean, he only had the na- domain registered for two days before the lawyers contacted his provider and tried to get the site and the and everything taken down. If he has a good PR person, they should have a, a Google alert on his name, yeah. and and they should, you know, let bring this to his attention. Uh, but that just means his staff is pretty smart and savvy in order to find this. Yeah, they must be keeping an eye on anything Glenn Beck, especially since supposedly they're working on getting a trademark on the name Glenn Beck. 
Yeah, I think that's funny. But trademark doesn't mean that you can't use it in your domain name. Wasn't there one that says Ford sucks or something like that that redirected you to Ford or something like that? Yeah, there's pretty much all kind for just about any major company. They have like ComcastSucks.com or WalmartSucks.com yeah. or something like that, and and as far as I know, the companies can't do anything about that. Yeah, and reading this specific article, they're saying that there are two things you need to prove in a defamation suit. It says, one, it's false, and two, that it's actually um, was stated with malice. But I thought there was actually a number three in which uh, you have to actually prove that it did harm. Yeah, I don't have a clue on on that, and I'm guessing that could possibly vary from state to state and stuff, too. But, yeah. but basically, the whole thing... Supposedly it's a satire site, and yeah, yeah, they're not—they're totally not serious with this. Yeah, and this whole thing kind of got started as, or the whole raped and murdered a young girl in 1990 thing got started by Gilbert Gottfried, and on a Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget, and that's kind of how the whole thing got started. And apparently somebody just decided to put Glenn Beck in there instead of Bob Saget. Yeah, the way that Glenn Beck became the target of this is, uh, from what I read from the story, is that he's one of the people who have started the assertion that um, I think Obama, Obama was not born in this country. And so I think he was saying, why hasn't Obama stated that, uh, how, how come he has not refuted these charges that he's not an American citizen? Mm -hmm. And so I think this, is, this website uh, was basically started saying, uh, in the vein of saying, did Glenn Beck ra rape and murder uh, a young lady in 1990? It's about saying, why has he uh, not said that he has not done this? Yeah. Uh, just stating that, saying, not saying that he has done it, but more, at least that's the content of the website. Uh, but there's just asking for him to answer the charges that, that uh, and, and say that he did not do it. Yeah, there seems to be a lot going around about Glenn Beck right now. He seems to really have himself in the news. I know he's got a newer book out, uh, Common Sense, which is basically kind of his version of Thomas Paine's Common Sense and the hopes of taking America back to the way the Founding Fathers created it, which I had the book, good book, check it out. Um, he's also got this whole 912 project going as to where on Saturday there were rallies all over the country with, I don't know if there was tens or hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions in different major cities around the country that were mainly protesting government spending more than anything else. But mm -hmm. he's pretty much painted a real big target on his back for just about anybody that wants to hate on him right now. Yeah, well, um, regardless of how this issue came about, this is going to be an interesting case if it does go to trial. Uh, one thing to note, though, this trial would be a civil suit, uh, so it wouldn't set necessarily any precedents that uh, from a government uh, or new laws would be created from this necessarily. Um, but um, I, I don't see how he can win uh, because uh, if this case does, if this case, if he does win this case, then that's that's just bad all the way around for all domain names um, that might talk bad about someone. Uh, good or bad, I mean, whether or not I agree with them or not, I mean, it's just a freedom of speech. And um, 
you can't have the domain on its own. You have to take it in context context with the website itself and its content. Yeah, this will certainly be something interesting to follow. Then again, I tend to follow quite a bit of Glenn Beck stuff. There's some times that I agree with him. Other times I think he's just a little on the off side. But yeah, but I mean he's not stupid. I yeah. mean no one. I mean they wouldn't give him a show if he was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you might agree with them or you might disagree with them. But I think there's probably a good amount of people on both sides of the camp. Same with Obama. I mean you might agree with him or disagree with him or or anything like that. Uh, I think we all should just no matter where we are foster discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think this. Uh, website is just another way of expressing uh, expression, and I, I kind of agree with where he's going with it. Um, but uh, I would rather have him um, instead of the first reply being lawyer cease and desist, but actually a response. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily handling this in the right way, but it'll certainly be interesting to keep an eye on it to see what happens with it. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of which, just. I didn't put this in the show notes or anything. Just a quick update on the story that we had. It's been a few months ago about um, Russia keeping or checking into some practices by Microsoft with them not shipping as many copies of XP so that they would right. try and get ready to push everybody to Windows 7 or whatever. Well, apparently the Russian government has found no fault with Microsoft and they've closed the case. Yeah. It, that's that's to be expected. I think it was uh, more leveraging than anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling that it was totally bogus, so I'm kind of glad to see that this happened. I mean, whoever started the investigation probably just wasn't using their head when they were when they saw what was going on. But speaking of the polar opposite of Microsoft, um, <laughs> Steve Jobs says that. The iPod Touch didn't get a camera because it's a great game machine. Yeah, which implies that the iPhone is not, right? Uh, I don't know if that means that the iPhone's not, or... I don't know. It has a camera, so it can't be one. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I don't really understand. If he's saying that this is a gaming machine, why not market it directly at gamers instead of calling it an iPod for basically all your digital content? And it does, or just saying baby steps. You haven't done that yeah. yet. Well, and I have an iPod Touch, and when it comes to games, there's some games that does okay, but as far as a traditional gaming device, it sucks because of the touch, because of the touch screen. And if you look at something like the PSP or the DS or whatever, they've got good controls with the buttons and everything. But when you try and control something on the touch screen of the iPod Touch, it's very difficult, especially if you're doing like a first-person shooter. And if you have an iPod Touch, go and buy Duke Nukem 3D on the iPod Touch and try and use the controls for that, and you'll realize just how horrible it is, the, a, a touch mm-hmm. screen is for something like that. I agree. I agree. There's, there's, uh, uh... The only one that... I had a pocket PC and I played games on it too, and there's just it's hard to beat the response time of a hardware based uh, button. Yeah, the only game that I've seen that does it halfway right is Doom or Doom Resurrection or whatever it is, and that one is more based on the tilt of the device and stuff. 
and as to where and plus that's a rail shooter so you're not actually moving it's kind of moving you along a specific path so that's that's about as close as i've seen it being done right on the ipod touch but personally i'll stick with my psp well if we can let's let's expand out this argument to the whole um apple launch if you will sure um do, do you think that his argument the other way about uh, not um, not adding it to reduce the price is valid? Um, do, you, do you really think he's trying to force it into a lower income device? Uh, nah, I, I didn't really care much for that whole argument as it was. I don't know, I, putting a camera in there and from what I've seen of it being taken apart and stuff. The camera was essentially designed to be in there, and the there were some leaked photos a while back that show basically the the new iPod Touch, the innards of it exactly as it is now, just with a camera. So it just kind of lends credence to the whole idea that the camera was supposed to be into it, but a camera really wouldn't add that much cost to it. To give them an excuse not to be able to yeah. lower the price. So there was a rumor that they were supposed to launch with the camera, but they are having manufacturing problems. Do you think that uh, gives some credence to that rumor? Yeah, I would say that we would probably see a new iPod Touch with cameras probably around the CES time frame. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't, I don't think that they'll announce anything too close to a, an event where they just announced a new iPod Touch. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, uh, if it had a camera... Personally, I don't think I would get it. Uh, I'm not a big Apple fan. Um, and uh, regardless if it had a camera or not, um, I don't think I would be interested. I don't think it's enough to sway me away from the Zoom. One thing is funny is that the iPod Nano, how the camera in that is just a video camera. Mm-hmm. And you can't take still photos with it. Yeah, and I hear the position of the camera is a, a little strange as to where you essentially have to hold it by the screen. Yeah. And, and I hear it's just not all that wonderful of an experience. Yeah, it's like it's been thrown in there. It wasn't engineered correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, just having it on nano just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, at least compared to an iPod Touch when the iPhone already has the camera. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're trying to rejuvenate that line for some reason or or I don't know why I mean <laughs> sorry yeah yeah who knows I don't know and they seem to be making a big deal about the whole idea of the iPod Nano price now undercutting the Zoom HD price or whatever well it's not a fair comparison if definitely not if the Zoom HD has twice as much memory as the Nano does and a bigger screen and Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if you can make the case that it's undercutting it, it's only doing it by twenty bucks. Personally, I'd rather spend the extra twenty bucks, get twice the memory, the Wi-Fi, and everything else. Bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those arguments that just doesn't make sense. But speaking of gaming, apparently Monopoly has partnered up with Google to create a global Monopoly game based on Google Maps. 
This is interesting. Um, I didn't find a link. I don't know if you have one, but I, I wanted to check this out, but I couldn't find one. Uh, I guess I could have done a Google search on it. Uh, but it seems like it's just take, turning the whole real world into a, a game board so you can feel like Dr. Evil, I guess, yeah. and sell things for a million dollars. Yeah, the link is MonopolyCityStreets.com. Um, I be- it looks like it's up now. It was down pretty much all of last week because there was... Um, so much excitement around it that they weren't expecting as much traffic as, as they got. So it was down pretty much all last week, but it's now up at MonopolyCityStreets.com. But with this, you can apparently um, build, of course, your houses and your hotels, but you can all you can go all the way up to skyscrapers, and it looks like you can build, build stadiums and stuff. And if you want to devalue somebody's somebody else's property or whatever, you can put, like, prisons and garbage dumps and stuff next to their, <laughs> alongside their city street. That is awesome. Yeah, I want to try this out. I didn't realize it was finally up and working. As of late last week, it was still up and down quite a bit. But this sounds like a pretty cool little game. Yeah, I, I, um, Monopoly is actually one of my favorite games ever. Mine too. And uh, I, I've... Uh, uh-oh, that didn't sound good. Uh, when I went to pick up my glass of water, it was kind of stuck to the coaster, and as I was, and I didn't realize it, and as I was bringing the glass over to drink it, the coaster fell off. Oh, okay. Not, a, not broken, just fell off. Right. Okay, all right. No mercy. All right. Uh, when, uh, when I just moved into the house and we were buying games, you know, to have to our collection, Monopoly is definitely one of the first ones that we bought. Um, hardest thing is getting people to play to the end, though. Um, uh, I hope with it being online that they have some way of mitigating that so people don't just drop off. Uh, but I like how, you know, the rules are automated. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, side deals. You don't have to worry about, uh, is, you know, going to the you know, free parking and collecting money and all the little nuances that come with uh, doing it manually. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how this works and just how much it feels like an actual Monopoly game. I, I haven't played much Monopoly in a while, but that's largely because I've been kind of annoyed with Monopoly and all of the millions of versions of Monopoly. Personally, I like just the traditional Monopoly. I don't care about NASCAR Monopoly or Eminem Monopoly or mm-hmm. Wrestling Monopoly or Soap Opera Monopoly or whatever else you can find. I, I just want the original Monopoly. On a side note, uh, you mentioned Soap Opera Monopoly, and uh, Guiding Light is uh, going off the air as of Friday. The longest-running scripted programming. Hmm. Uh, se- 72 years. Yeah, I know I heard that a couple of months ago, but I didn't realize it was this Friday that that was going off. Not that I've ever watched it. Yeah. And uh, speaking of scripted dramas... <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, and for those listening, Jay Leno start, show starts in 20 minutes, but that won't mean anything to you tomorrow when you hear this. So, Great. anyway. So you could say, wow, that's awesome. I can't believe that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for our next story, apparently the um, Pentagon is keeping watch on the blogs that troops keep as well as what they do on social networks. And yeah. apparently it's making a lot of troops nervous. Yeah, so it looks like 
the 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 top brass is fully embracing social media with YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other uh, like blogging and all the other social media traps. Uh, but they internally are telling people below them stay away from it or uh, have it go through us before you post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they. I've kind of seen this coming. I mean, the um, Marines started blocking social networks on all of their um, network of computers a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago or whatever, and now they're working on a policy to try and do something similar across all branches of the military, which I can understand it from a security standpoint and stuff, but at the same time, especially when it's with troops that are deployed overseas and stuff, it that's kind of largely their main way of communicating with friends and family back home, so I can't say I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah, I think we talked about that too, and saying that they should have like uh, some sort of Yammer or some sort of internal network in which friends and family can join, but not anyone else. Um, and they can control that a little bit more but um, this article specifically is about like a blog that went underground because of this new policy and it's password protected just to keep it secure so the armory won't censor it uh, which is I think kind of what we just talked about yeah although if they really wanted to know what he was blogging about I'm sure army intelligence could get in there and find out yeah I bet they could (laughs) I, I'm kind of surprised they don't have, like, key loggers on all their systems to make sure anyway. Well, it all depends on if he's blogging from uh, from inside the network on a government computer or not. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where this goes, especially because I have a, my best friends in Iraq, and Facebook is his primary way of communicating, and I would hate for us to have to go back to just email... And Facebook is a whole lot better. Yeah, it's funny how they're over there fighting for our freedom, and yet theirs is such restrict is so restricted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what happens when you sign the dotted line. And this next article about DRM Take Two is saying how you can opt in to digital rights management instead of being mandated. Yeah, this is, I don't know, part of me likes this, or at least compared to the current version of DRM, but at the same time, it still doesn't give me DRM-free. But basically, with this DRM Take-2, this, um, well, it's being called Digital Personal Property, is it's basically, you're given a file, or you have a file, like, say, a music file or whatever, it's encrypted. You can pass that to whoever you want, you can keep it yourself, whatever but you also have a key. What this key does is basically whoever has the key can um, view the file. So if it's music, they can listen to the music. So it's essentially kind of like the concept of the key to your car, only one person can be driving it at a time. So basically you can't upload whatever the file is to the internet for everybody to pirate because they won't have the key and the key only works and apparently you can't copy the key for everybody to have a key. Yeah, the the only way that I can see this working is if there's some sort of central server that validates the key against the media. So let's say um, I have a song that I downloaded and it's uh, encrypted in this DPP 
Uh, I send a copy to you. You go to open it, ask for the key. You type it in. It sends it up to the server and says, okay, Jeremy has the key, or PC Nerd 37 has the key. Uh, so he's listening to it. All other copies, copies cannot listen to this song while he has it unlocked. And then you're done listening to the song, and so you close the application, free up the key, and then I go to open up the file, and then it talks to the server saying, okay, no one's actively using this content. You can now use it, and it locks out everyone else again. That's the only way that it sounds like this will work. But once again, this is talking about servers, and if the server's down or your internet's down, you can no longer listen to the content. Well, from the way I understand it, it doesn't involve any servers or, or anything. Basically, there's one copy of the key, and that's it. It can't be copied, but you're allowed to move the key. So you can move it from computer to computer, or send it to your friend or whatever. You just can't copy it. Well, the question is, how do you... It has to involve servers, because if you move it from computer to the computer, how does it know you took it off the other computer? Because it can only be copied and it can't be moved, which I would assume there's got to be some way that you can do a bit-for-bit copy and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, definitely. But I'm not sure exactly how that would work, but basically you need the key to in, in order to unencrypt the file. And yeah. if there's only one copy of the key going around, you can basically treat digital content much more like physical prop, um, physical property. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the talk about this PDP, uh, DPP is... Um, it sounds more about in theory, not in practice. And so... Um, it's saying, we'll treat it like this, but you know what? It's not a physical property. You can't treat it like that. Even though the concept might be born from that, in practice, we got to see exactly how this is going to be implemented. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see when, how long this is going to take to show up and what's going to happen. But speaking of things that belong to you, apparently now your tweets belong to you. Yay, all your tweets belonging to you. <laughs> yeah, this... I, I didn't realize that it wasn't in their terms of service before, but it, I guess I didn't look over it too closely. But apparently Twitter has now um, gone in, changed some of their terms of service to say that they're allowed to use, copy, reproduce, process, adapt, modify, publish, transmit, display, or distribute your tweets, because that's essentially what they do. But the tweets belong to you. They don't belong to them. Yeah, um... I think uh, Facebook used to have this policy saying that you own your, all your content, um, but then they changed it to say we own all your content. But this is kind of like an amalgamation of both, saying you own all your content, but we have rights to redistribute your content, uh, which totally is how Twitter works, and it would be broken if it didn't work that way. Yeah, no, that's kind of it's kind of different in that they're one of the few companies that are saying that if you create it, it's yours. Yeah, and, that's that's that makes sense. And yeah, if you go and look at the Global Geek News blog, I did a post about this a while ago, which globalgeeknews.com slash blog. Um, and, you can, and if you search like, oh, I don't know, PlayStation 3 Terms of Service or whatever, it should come right up, where even in the PlayStation Network Terms of Service, basically anything you do on the PlayStation Network any conversations you have, they immediately become property of Sony. Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of bad. but And as much as I tried to get attention to that, and I got a fair bit of attention, it apparently didn't get them to change their policies any. But yeah. I tried. What I think this also does, uh, it slightly admonishes uh, Twitter with any responsibility of storing your, da your data. 
um, it's leaving putting that into the user's hands because if it's if they own it, it's their responsibility. Uh, but if the users own it, uh, it's their responsibility to make sure it's backed up. Um, and uh, with Facebook, if they own it, you're relying on their servers, and it's their responsibility to make sure that it's taken care of. Um, but in other ways of saying that you own your own data, uh, it's just like when you have a computer and you own your own data, it's your responsibility to take care of it. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that this kind of left the door open for was advertising, saying that we still want to keep our options open for advertising, so don't be too surprised if you see ads popping up in your tweets at some point. Yeah, every time I hear a story like this, it's uh, about this whole article, the terms of service, everything. Um, I'm starting to like Twitter more and more. Like, even when they had that leak, uh, when that data breach, mm-hmm. all the stuff that came out seemed very, very positive. Um, and uh, I think they have a good heart, and I think this is just showing that. Uh, as for advertising, I mean, they have to make money, and even giving uh, us the heads up saying, hey, this still might be coming down, I think is another nod of saying how, how good of a company they are. Yeah, I mean, Twitter's growing quite a bit, but with the size that they're getting to be, you'd think that they would be burning through those millions of dollars in venture capital that they've got pretty quickly. So I'm kind of surprised they haven't started doing something at this point. Yeah. Or something I think they're just making sure say. it's... I think they're smart, and I think whatever they're looking to implement, they want to make sure that it won't sh- uh, uh, disparage their users and that it's a growth-based model in which uh, they can continue to make more and more money instead of something uh, that's not, not sustaining. And so they're probably just looking for the best thing to, to grow as Twitter grows. Yeah, they need to they need to come up with something. I don't know what it is personally. I don't know if I like the idea of um, advertisements in the suite in the tweets. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can put them like on the web interface, put them around the sides or something like that, and that would be fine with me. Just not in the tweets. That would be kind of annoying unless it was kept to a real minimum, like one or two tweets a day. Yeah. But and what and what they also have to do is extend their uh, ad model to the APIs. Mm-hmm. because uh, maybe just keep the way it is. Like I said, that everything is always going to be free at the current usability level. So maybe there'll be some premium APIs that come with the advertising model in which you'll have access to them, but you have to show advertising in your client. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you checked out the book Free by Chris Anderson? Uh, I'm familiar with it, but I have not read, read it. You should check it out. It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm halfway through it right now, and it kind of gives you opens up your eyes to the whole concept of free and how it's evolved over the centuries. Yeah, and the freemium model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard about it. I actually have a friend named Chris Anderson. That's why uh, he always gets confused with this Chris Anderson. Um, but also he did uh, what, The Long Tail he wrote? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah I, I it happened to be free on the Kindle, so I downloaded it, and it's a great book. But anyway, speaking of growth, uh, apparently the IPv4 won't be growing much longer because next yeah, year, with, next year though, yeah. it, it looks like it's about to run dry. Yeah, especially with uh, devices like your Kindle that are taking up IP addresses. Uh, all And emerging com- uh, countries like uh, Africa and China uh, swapping up IP addresses, we're quickly running out. 
Yeah, they're saying that we should completely run out in 2011, so next year is essentially pretty much going to be the last year for IPv4 and that everybody needs to start moving to IPv6. Although, at the same time, both, I think, will just about always have to be supported because there's so many legacy devices and legacy software out there that have no support for IPv6 that they essentially have to keep it running and then just if you need an IPv4 address you can get one. Yeah, there's always talk about some sort of like a, like a NAT traversal, um, but the same thing with IP4 where you would have this device uh, that you could connect to, but the backbone is an IPv6 that actually go out, goes out to the internet, but internally outside the devices that are connected to it, it, it simulates an IPv4 uh, um, solution. Uh, IPv6, I don't know how it's going to be implemented. I hope it's done effectively. Uh, but it has to be rolled out consecutive or um, like pretty much simultaneously in order for it to work. Well, I hear Comcast has already started trials on rolling out IPv6. I'm not sure exactly what customers and stuff are involved in that or if maybe that's part of the whole movement to Doxus 3.0, which I'm hoping I should get here in the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping. But, yeah, I know, I know there's some that have, some ISPs have already started to move over to it and stuff, which I think kind of takes some stress off of the system. But it won't be a whole lot longer that it'll be um, relevant for everybody. Yeah, usually schools and universities are the forefront of rolling this out. And I know some of them have transitioned, especially like um, Internet 2. Have you heard of that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all IPv6. Um, yeah, and Internet too. For those that don't know, is like the next iteration of the internet that right now is pretty much only open to the government and universities. That it's like extremely fast speeds and stuff. Yes, I want, but uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, 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 but you know, all the hardware has to support it, and especially with the software. Uh, luckily, um, many many OSs support it natively, at least on the Windows side and on the Linux side. I am not sure about how Ma if Mac supported it or not, uh, but uh, a lot of software supports it, so it should be pretty much a switch flip. But I think it's going to be just like the whole DTV transition, but the whole world has to has to ha have some sort of uh, plan to get that enacted. Yeah, there doesn't even though the the addresses are running out, there doesn't seem to be much of a push to get it changed. I, in my mind, I think there needs to be some kind of like a DTV major push kind of thing. Yeah, I can should would be in, no. They're just domain names, but uh, th there's just no central group to make sure this gets done. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there used to be a group that was in charge of IP addresses at one point. I don't know if they still are or not, and I can't. But still, they wouldn't it. mandate people to stop using them, though. They can't say you have to do it on this date or and and do the coordination that's needed to get this transitioned over. Yeah. IANA, that's what I'm thinking of, the Internet Assigned Numbers Authority. Right, but they would just say, we're out, we're done, we can't ha hand out anymore when they're run out. They can't say, well, we want you to transition on this date. I mean, that's not their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they might have a little bit of say, but I think there would probably be more of like an advisory kind of thing, more but I don't, I don't know how much authority they really have over, like, ISPs and stuff. Yeah. But hopefully something will get worked out 
soon before we start having problems where people can't get online because they can't get an IP address. But uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna. It's funny how this is, you know, something like this was we're thinking in our lifetime. We're talking about the next couple of years. So yeah, uh, devices like the Zune, I don't think that can support I, like we we're just talking about IPv6 um, that I know of. Uh, mm-hmm. Most new devices that's having that hard coded. Uh, so we're talking about this. A lot of things are just going to stop working unless we can figure this out and soon. Yeah, it'll be a little scary trying to deal with it, but at least one thing's final, and that's the 802.11n spec. About time. Yeah, they've only had 802.11 pre-n routers and stuff out for what five years or whatever. Yeah, this reminds me of back then um, when there wasn't a 56k standard for modems. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a there are dual standards, uh, or even um, well, I was gonna say Blu-ray and and HD DVD, but th- it's nothing compared to this. Uh, so many devices have been made and put out there, and people just didn't know what to buy because it just said draft on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard a lot of. Depending on the company, they'll advertise it as draft in or pre in or mm-hmm. something like that, and advertising the higher speeds. And from what I've heard, they're essentially all the different companies have implemented the same thing, or at least to the point that everything will talk to each other and work for the most part. It's just the spec has never been finalized until now, which the fact that it's taken this many years to get it finalized even after they've already had products shipping for all these years, is kind of pathetic. Do you know if there's a difference between that draft and the, this final spec? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into that and let you know next week. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out. But it's, it's I mean, this is brand new news. Um, if we start seeing firmware updates for all these draft-in devices, then we'll know that something had to change. Um, but even still, I, I think it's going to be a while before uh, true hardware is designed with the spec instead of it just being uh, firmware updated. Yeah, it'll be... I am i can't wait to... Part of me wants to upgrade, but at the same time, most of my things are G anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus the backbone's is still slow, so unless you're doing like inter-network transfers, like if you're streaming stuff around your house... Mm-hmm. Uh, that requires this much bandwidth, I've, uh, it's it's not necessarily needed. Um, it's one of those things you replace when you need to kind of a thing. Yeah, I think the next thing for my network is going to be um, replacing my router, or at least getting a gigabit switch on it so that I can run gigabit between my computers, my server, PS3, Xbox, everything like that. That way I can stream stuff everywhere I want and get real good HD streams. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm a big uh, content junkie, but not content sharing junkie, junkie just yet. Um, but uh, when I do, I think I, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I might even go hardwired as opposed to to wireless for something like that. I never got into it until I got my PS3 and then started um, streaming stuff to my TV. That was what it took to get me into the whole streaming thing. Even with my Xbox, because I had it a whole lot longer, I never really got into it, because for some reason, a lot of the 
um, stuff didn't want to stream to it and stuff because of the wrong formats and stuff. But speaking of formats, um, there's a couple of formats in which Best Buy is being educated which one is a superior over the other. Yeah, this is one of those dumb stories that I figured I would have heard more about the Microsoft the new Microsoft retail stores over Best Buy. But apparently Microsoft has been um, sending anti-Linux propaganda to Best Buy stores for training apparently, I'm guessing they're Geek Squad people so that people would be more um, apt to choose a Microsoft product over like a netbook with Linux installed on it. I think this is actually worse than that. Um, I think this is our these are people these are the blue shirts. These are the people who are actually talking to customers and helping them try to choose a, uh, a computer to buy. Um, and they're biasing Windows over Linux. Yeah. Is that is that Jay back there that I hear? Yeah, I've got a, I've got <laughs> Jay on in the background. It's just now starting. But, yeah. And so and so this is actually telling people to to the people who don't know any better and have to ask the blue shirts what's best. They're getting the first thing that they're hearing about Linux is, oh, you don't want that. It's it's totally bad for you from these people. Yeah, and they're like trying to say that things that Linux is essentially. Um, built its reputation on, like, security is just a myth. When yeah. everybody knows Linux is far more secure than even Windows Anything. 7. Yeah. But, yeah... From arch Architecturally, anyway, if the way that the user is set up initially is so much more secure than, um, than Windows. Yeah, they're saying, like, Linux doesn't support common applications like iTunes, Zoom, Quicken, Photoshop, Office 2007, and some others. But... I know there's a lot of the applications that they're supposedly saying don't work actually do work if you use something like um, Wine? Uh, yeah, Wine and there's some other emulators. Crossover Office. Yeah, and Sedega and a few others. Right. Or, and, you know, just like a Mac, you can always load an emulator mm -hmm. on, on Linux and uh, or, or, sorry, a virtual machine and uh, get all that stuff working anyway. So it, it's interesting, and uh, the good thing out of this whole story is that the, the Best Buy employee who leaked this information is still has a job. He hasn't been fired. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that. I, I figured something like that, they, Microsoft would have put pressure on Best Buy to have him fired immediately. Mm -hmm. But I think this is good press um, for... for uh, for Linux, showing that they get to reply and re, re, uh, have a public forum about this issue that was probably would have stayed closed, and also to educate the general public who do read this about what Microsoft does do behind closed doors. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of um, stuff like this from Microsoft, especially like online over the years, but this is the first I've heard of it in any kind of a retail store. A store that it seems like they've really upped their campaign against Linux, which I don't know why. Yeah, and, and there's, uh, I think the beginning of the article saying, uh, or at the end of the article saying that it's a very competitive space. Um, so thus that they they are just you know stating the facts. Yet then they say that PC space has grown more than ninety three percent 
uh, and the netbook space um, has chose Windows 93%. So that doesn't sound very competitive to me. Mm, yeah, something, something's got to be up. Either the numbers have to be off or something, because so, so, it's just not making total sense to me. Yeah, why even mention Linux? I don't think you... Uh, uh, this documentation should not talk about competitors and why they're better. They should just talk about Windows 7 and why it's good on its own. Well, if you're walking into a Best Buy looking for a machine, I don't think you're looking for a Linux machine anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the average Best Buy customers even ever heard of Linux, rather less know to ask about one. Exactly. And so, if someone knows enough to ask about it, um, then I don't think the only information they should get is what's taught uh, from Microsoft about Linux. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious to see what Microsoft does with this. I know they've acknowledged this is the case, but I'm wondering if they're going to get enough bad press that they might try and retract some of this um, propaganda. Yeah, let's just see if it dies or or if it uh, comes back like the black hand on the white face. One can hope it dies. But But as for things that we hope don't die... This is podcast, which, of course, you can check out all the show notes at globalgeeknews.com, and you can check out the blog at globalgeeknews.com slash blog, where I give my opinions on all kinds of other things throughout the week. A couple of good posts last week, including one about the whole Apple announcement and what Apple thinks of netbooks and Steve Jobs and his saggy man boobs. So make sure to check that out. That's it was my humorous take on the whole thing of an event <laughs> that was essentially a snooze. But there's all kinds of good articles there, past and present, that are worth checking out. And um, if you have any feedback for us, either leave it in the comments or shoot me an email, pcnerd37 at globalgeeknews.com, or you can send it to Jeremy Bray at globalgeeknews.com. It all goes to the same email, so I don't care. Um, also, if you have Android, check out my application, Master Memo. I finally got somebody else to install it this week. I don't know who they are, but somebody else finally bought it. So that makes the total number up to nine now, So, which is still kind of sad. <laughs> Although I am working on a new app that'll be like a conversion tool for from like money to Microsoft points or Nintendo points and vice versa. So I'm hoping maybe I can get that out in like the next week or two something like that which maybe that'll make some money I hope but anyway uh, I guess that's it for me is there anything you want to plug or anything now that things are calming down with you uh no not at the moment uh, gosh I-, I wish I was at TechCrunch 50 yeah me too uh I look forward to a blog world that I can't go to. Uh, But no, nothing else other than that. Yeah, and for those that are interested in TechCrunch 50 who didn't get to go, like me, although I went last year and it was awesome, but um, you can watch the live stream every day that it's going on, which I think tomorrow may be the only other day, at techcrunch50.com, or there's a Ustream channel for it, because they use Ustream, but I don't remember what that exact channel is. But you should be able to catch that all at techcrunch50.com. It's certainly worth it. It's a great place where where um, startup companies go to launch their companies. 
and they are and there are always some amazing companies that get started there anyway i guess that's all or at least all that i can think of and maybe in sometime like in the next week maybe set up like a donation link so that if you like the show you can actually donate to the show in the meantime if you know anybody that wants to sponsor the show have them shoot me an email at one of the email addresses i mentioned a few seconds ago uh until then i guess that's the show for this week and we will see you guys next week later later